the diamond, I Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are a pair of brogues from Zara. They have white laces and the blue front looks rather worn. They're a mixture of a smart and sporty kind of style and the front bit near the ankle is a sort of mesh material. These shoes belong to Kelly. This is his story. My name is Ram Kalyan. I'm also known as Kelly and I'm the project and station manager for Unity 101 Community Radio here in Southampton. On FM and online. Southampton's Unity 101. I was born in Kenya, Nairobi. My parents originally came from India. Uh, my father was a colonel of the British Army and uh, they were moved there to build the infrastructure and the railway. I am the youngest of the six brothers and uh, we, we had a very lively and a happy childhood. Went to private school, which was in line with the Cambridge curriculum. A school was called Racecourse Primary School. We went from junior on to senior school within the same school. And uh, we had to wear full uniform. And if any part of the uniform was not properly attired, you were sent to the principal's office. With the uh, independence in the four and the security of my parents and ourselves and others was crucial. And as British citizens, we naturally looked to the British to look after us. And uh, we then came here. It was exciting. It was exciting and I'm young. So I wasn't sort of sad but I was more excited and I remember flying on a plane for the first time where we myself and my brother were the only one who spoke English and we had to do an awful lot of translation for everybody very exciting journey we landed in Heathrow and uh, we went to uh, where my my brother had settled uh, in Southall and I've never felt so cold we come from a country which is on top of the equator it's extremely cold I remember we had a log fire and all I wanted to do is sit by the log fire, and I, that's all I did. And then obviously, eventually, we were registered into school. It was dumb as well, modern uh, secondary school. And, and the odd thing was, we had smaller classrooms in Kenya, where here, there were 32 students. I already had done 11 pluses. They were just started doing it. So in a way, I knew what needed to be done. The journey from home to school was very difficult one because it snowed. I'd never seen snow. And the snow had turned into ice and I would constantly slip and fall down and I would come back. And my parents would send me back to school. i come back again. I didn't want to go because this was just terrible. And it was that point that I said, can we go back home? Because that's where the change occurred. The journey from Kenya coming here was exciting. But when we got here and the change in terms of temperature and the ice and the schooling, I just didn't feel it was right. Going on to the teachers, uh, Mr. Walton, uh, he was very, very good teacher. I mean, he really helped me a lot in my studies. He realized very quickly that we were taught in Kenya English language, English literature, English grammar. So it, it was odd the fact that some of the kids were finding it difficult. You think everybody learns it the right way. And I lasted there for about two years. I guess I exceeded what needed to be taught to join the college. I took pass my English and maths examination, which I did, and joined a technical college. 
it was very mixed and uh, i come from an area from a country where everybody cared for each other whether you're muslim whether you're sikh or hindu or black it didn't matter we were all family if i was naughty and the next door neighbor felt that you were naughty they were quite within the right to clap me on the ear roll and my, my parents would support it 100% in a way certain elements to this which was different one when mother would make food she would make food not for few but make lots of it and i often asked her why do you do that it says because you never know who's going to come and next door was a, a white uh, english uh, family and i became friends with them and when i knocked on the door and it was tea time they said can you come back we're just having our tea where my mother would say well come in come in those differences were a bit odd but you know in time you get used to it college i was there for a good 2 years full time and learning in those days was different to the learning in today's world where you went to college at 8:15 and finish at 3:15 five days a week with a direct contact with a lecturer so you were actually in the classroom and whilst at college i somehow ended up being the entertainment secretary then radio luxembourg was the the bee's knees and one very prominent presenter rosco and i remember booking a band called wild wax willie show and emperor rosco uh, everything was set up and rosco didn't doesn't come and they all look at me to well you got to do the djing and i ended up playing songs and uh, that was it i thought that's great i've got to do more of this and i think that's when the bug started where uh, kelly's roadshow came about because i was learning electronic engineer because that's what i am i built my own console i joined an agency in djing and then uh, i met this guy called david reed who uh, said we build this nightclubs all over the world and we have to supply dj's would you like to join us i said well travel the world and get paid how wonderful is that my parents weren't having that you're an engineer so i did that alongside come summer time i would go and i remember my first gig was mabea in spain i was djing there alone and i was i'm sort of coming up to 18 now just 18 i'm still young and i was there for 3 months and this what sort of went on i worked all over the world but also i wanted to be a, a broadcaster because i'm doing this during my school holidays my parents want me to must go to school because that's more important and you know it was always the same my parents would always introduce me as a son engineer but i was earning more as a dj but along with that radio luxembourg was it so i would knock on the doors and i said i'll do anything else i would make tea coffee clean the place up and things like that and every now and then i'll get an opportunity to do go on the radio i never got a show as such but it was exciting then capital radio opened in charing cross and uh, i made jingles for them we used to reel to reel on those days and i guess really i became more experienced that worked well for me because as i was traveling around the world they knew i could speak english but they also knew that i was a broadcaster i ended up getting doing radio shows and i did it for free and that just sort of grew and grew over the years that inbuilt coherent that my mother has instilled in me was about that we all are same it doesn't matter who you are where you come from respect their beliefs but treat them as human beings i met this guy oh many many years ago called steve buckley steve buckley 
was then the CEO of Community Media Association. And through means of communication, he wanted to introduce community radio in this country because independent local radio station was about independent local radio station, which slowly, slowly has sort of disappeared. It's like the local paper. It's about local people, local stories. And he felt passionate that uh, we need to bring that back. And community radio was already in Cambodia, in Australia, uh, and parts of America. And he wanted to bring that model here. But it wasn't going to happen overnight, as we realized. And many, many times I'll, I'll go with him to Parliament and lobby. But it took about eight years, really, to get the radio authority then to do a pilot scheme. So they did the pilot scheme for nine radio stations. And one of them was Desi Radio, which I helped in Southall. And from there, we now have 283 community radio stations serving the community, run by volunteers who are passionate about community and not because they get paid for it. Your community station, station Southampton's Unity 101. You're listening to Knowing You, Knowing Me, a programme where we discover different cultures from the communities in Southampton. Every day is a great story. It's, it's, it's a passion that I enjoy. I think I've got the best work job in the world. The volunteers here, there are nearly 98 volunteers here. 32 of them have been with me for 14 years. We really care for each other, but more certainly we together are making a difference in the community by bringing people together. Because the core element of what we do here is you've come to this country for a better life. You own businesses, your kids go to school, and you should think this is your home. And therefore, you should not only enjoy this country and its system, but not break it, but also embrace it and feel it's your country and do the right thing. By using the medium of music and communication and interviews with Rafter people, we're able to bring everybody together through this one platform and share that and slowly sort of chip away and making people feel belonged. With Asian community and with black and minority Asian community, we are born with music and we die with music. So therefore, it's a perfect platform to join people together that underpin rafter services from private, public and voluntary sector that they can understand. And we continuously do awful lot of outreach work in helping new communities. When the Polish came here first, we helped a lot by having breakfast clubs, so they could understand our system and they, they could get to know how the system works here. They bring their good v cultures, their good values, but also understand what we have in this country, which is the reason why you've come here. People often say to me, how do we get to know this community and that community? Well, how about if you try to understand them, understand their culture? where they come from. By doing that, irrelevant of their religion and political beliefs, you'll actually understand them better. Equally, they should also understand the English culture. And we are very privileged to be able to eat a pizza and a curry, and we can make both. So I think it's building those bridges, enjoying each cultures, food, languages, and being happy with it and believing that this is our country and sharing on it and not just paying taxes and dues, but doing the right thing. And I'm pleased to say over the years, with some of our initiatives that we've done, a lot of people have now become school governors, college governors, uh, 
university governors, they're involved in shaping their kids' future, which is what it should be about. I am a very self-motivated person. I, I don't need reason to get up in the morning. Every day is a reason to get up in the morning. I work seven days a week and have done for 19 years for this project. I get up in the morning and I want to make a difference. I want to help every volunteer to become the best they can. They are volunteers. They're not professionals and guiding them and nurturing them and to make them sound wonderful and encouraging them that they're the best they are. Kelly's story was produced by Simon Clark. His shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by the Empathy Museum's A Mile In My Shoes exhibition. The shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next. <laughs>